Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host today. And I am being joined, as always, all the way from Vienna by the Harlow Globetrotter. How are you doing, HG? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I'm sitting here watching highlights or the game of Roma against Fiorentina and uh, celebrating another uh, uh, well, the perfect Sunday because Spurs won and Arsenal lost. <laughs> yeah, only slightly diminished by who they lost to. But, you know, we'll take that one always. Um, Gunas going down this season. You heard it here first. Also joining all the way from YouTube. <laughs> he's he's also from up north. It's the caller. How are you doing, caller? Um, looking for your face, but I can't see anything. I just see a blank screen. Um, so it's a bit like talking to Dave, really. Um, shout out, Dave. Uh, good evening. I'm really happy to be here. I love the pod and so pleased to be back on with you guys today. Good. I was going to say that it was someone we weren't expecting to see off the bench. Um just like Kane, so the parallels were there, but we'll come into that in a little bit. What, star player? No, I won't go that much. You know, <laughs> used to be a star player, now most people hate him. I think that's more fair, isn't it? Would, would, would move for big money given the opportunity, that type of thing. Yeah. Oosh, oosh. <laughs> all, all, all about the glory, exactly. <laughs> all right, we'll start as we always do with the lineup. No changes, HG. Were you happy with that? Yes, because I didn't really see why we would need to. Um, I think it had Romero been fit, then you might have said, well, maybe he would come in, but he mm. wasn't. And so who else Who else really had a chance of, of making the team? Everybody who played Thursday night did so badly that you just thought, well, um, <laughs> yeah, if he's going to change it, it's because someone's sick, um, something that we, we need to make the change rather than we want to. So I wasn't surprised at all, no. No, I mean, that's it, Caller. Last week, I think there was maybe some chat about Lacelso could have maybe started, but... Like HG said, nobody really uh, did anything midweek to to make a shout for the to start today, did they? Well, it's just bloody awful midweek, wasn't it? So um, yeah, you, you couldn't really see 
anything different uh, coming in the lineup. Um, I thought Skip and Hoybier seems to be settling down to a nice midfield partnership, and uh, we saw much more of that again uh, today. So, no, no need to change too much around right now. Yeah, you didn't want Winks coming in, though. No? Oh my God, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for him, but he was on. But I, I didn't see the game midweek. I missed it. I was camp- glamping, not camping, glamping. Um, and so I, I totally missed the game. But apparently, Winks did not set the world on fire. I mean, shock. Are we really surprised <laughs> at this? You know, he hasn't set the world on fire um, for about three years, has he? I mean, he had one good game against Madrid. You know, that's that's the last time we saw him have a decent game in a Spurs shirt, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Aren't we basically saying now that uh, if you know Winks equals camping and Skip equals glamping, that's basically <laughs> the difference. That is pretty much it. Yeah, you get a nice comfy bed with Skip. Uh, that's the I difference. Like it. I like it. Um, let's talk about it briefly. Were you surprised HG to see Kane on the bench today? Did you think we wouldn't see him? He'd be protected um, until until the transfer window shut. Uh, I did kind of expect it when I thought he'd been training. We'd make this big thing about him how he wasn't fit. And so once he's been training for a week, that excuse kind of disappeared. So they were either going to, you know, come up with something else or, or, or put him on the bench. And so I don't think I was mm. too surprised. Um, I was surprised to see him come on, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't surprised to see him on the bench. No, it's about, when, when Scarlett was there as well, he just thought, well, if we have the choice, then we'll we'll put Scarlett on. But we didn't. Yeah, yeah true, true. Okay, let's crack into the game. Um, Caller, what did you think? I mean, I think it's fair to say we, we, we've had your dad on the pod mm-hmm. um, on the YouTube, big Wolves fan, had mm-hmm. his comments many times before. So I guess you've spoken to him and, and I guess he'd probably be quite disappointed today because Wolves really started the game with a bit more intensity than us, didn't they? Uh, disappointed, yes, but I think um, it, it was much the same. They, they sort of um, had a lot of possession and, and a lot of... Um, pressure and domination really the first game and season and they continued that against us they yeah. they looked really up for it they were more up for it than I thought City were last week and um and they were they were all over the place you know that I, I thought you know full marks to Wolves pretty much the whole game they outplayed us didn't they um yeah but just literally nothing on the end of it and you know he, he sort of talks about if Neto was in the in the squad um obviously he's injured and out out long term it could have been a a different thing, but a, a different result, but unfortunately not. No, but just looking at the stats, actually, they had 25 shots to R8. Admittedly, most of them were, were rubbish. Uh, 57.8% possession. I think 19 dribbles compared to nine. They had 29 tackles compared to R18. But just watching the game, it just seemed like they were much more up for it. And we just seemed a little bit within ourselves today. And you're bringing the stats out. Well, we were playing Brighton. Um, I just... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's it's a strange one because I don't think we played obviously very well. I mean, it was clear we didn't, and I think that Wolves were clearly the better team. However, um, did they ever really look like scoring? I mean, there was a period no. of pressure where you thought, okay, maybe it might come, but I don't remember any major chances apart from that one that Triori missed. And once that one had had gone, you almost got the impression that everyone in the ground thought, well, this is how it's going to end. Wolves are never going to score. Spurs are never going to concede. We can do whatever we want for the next six hours, and it's going to finish one nil. Because after that, I thought it was, it, it was, it was pretty, pretty comfortable. Can I say that as a Spurs fan? But uh, yeah, so like it, it was a, it was a weird performance from Spurs because I genuinely felt as if you know we, we weren't great, but it, it was so similar to City where we allowed. Uh, Wolves to had the width and they used it better than City did so we were at a bit more trouble but um, yeah I, I, I don't know 
it's tough to look at it and, and not not be happy that we just got the three points. Mm. My, my dad also pointed out that um, that's a very typical Nuno performance, um, and the number of times he saw Wolves do that over the last few years uh, is untrue. You know, soak up the pressure, hit on the break. Um, I mean, I said it was Jose esque. The difference with Jose is that Jose basically would say, "Right now you've scored, I want you to sit and defend." And I don't think that Nuno has ever really asked Spurs to do that. I think today it was more, okay, well, we have to defend because the other team is better. Um, you know, that awful term game management, we realised that they had the momentum and we had to had to deal with it. And, and, and we did that. But I don't think it was, I don't think Nuno said at halftime, right, lads, we've got our goal. Let's, let's try and keep it tight. Unlike Mourinho, who we know absolutely did that and had no bones in admitting it himself. Yeah, and also we wouldn't have won under Jose. We would have conceded probably in the last five minutes. (laughs) I think that's nailed on, yeah, nailed on. (laughs) That's pretty much the difference when you look at the stats last year. Um, But uh, what do you think, Caller? Do you think the game would have been different if it hadn't been for the pen? And and do you think it was a pen early on? I think it was a pen. Um, I think Delhi obviously looked for it. But I think when the keeper's rushing out like that and and he was was quite clearly going round him, there was was good, solid contact there. I don't think you can... um, I don't think you could argue it's not a pen. Um, but would the game have been different? Quite possibly, yeah, because we'd have had to break them down and find that goal if, if we were going to win the game. Um, mm. So I, I think it, it probably took all the urgency out of our play. That's it's fair to say. And, and very much, you know, it sort of mattered a lot less for us to score. So I think I think it, it completely played into our game plan. Um, bit of good fortune, maybe, because that was about the only attack we had on goal in the first 45 minutes, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah. I mean, Delhi took the penalty so well. I was amazed. Yeah, so really well. calm, wasn't it? Oh, spot on, spot on. So, you know, you love to see it, really. Delhi getting into those positions where he can do damage, either either winning free kicks or, in this case, winning a penalty. You talk about doing damage. I'm pretty certain he kicked the goalkeeper in the nuts as he went over. Was that, <laughs> not, not, not only was not only was he trying to make sure he got connection. Um, yeah, I'm pretty certain he kicks him square in the nuts as he's falling. It, it's brilliant. Insult to injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're right, Delhi does seem to be appearing at those points. And you can see as well that he really busts the gut to try and get into the box when we were making um, any sort of foray down the wing, uh, trying to get in there to get on the end of things, which is exactly what we used to see. And then a few minutes later, Wolves went up the other end and there was a, a shout for a penalty there. Samido went went over under a challenge from mm. Skip, which was really, really weak, I thought, HG. But I was just pleased that Skip was there when the ball kind of came across and I didn't see anyone. Then I saw Skip appear. I thought, oh, that's one of the qualities we'd ex- expect from him because I don't think Winks would have been there. Well, that's just it. Like He's obviously positionally aware, but it was a terrible first touch that allowed Samido to, to get to the ball yeah. first. I just... Like that, that to me wasn't a penalty. I thought our one was. Um, I, I understand the Wolves fans would have wanted to see that penalty given because they thought they had a soft one at the other end. But Skip, like I think we're already aware of what he's going to offer, right? He's it, it, almost like the. This is not an insult, but it's almost the Ben Davies of midfield. You know, you're going to get a seven every single game. Nothing particularly spectacular, but he'll get the ball. He'll keep the ball. And you know he may well just give it to the better players, but that's what you want in your side. So um, Oliver skips what, and it's two games in a row, and we we all want him to see. We, we all want to see him play next week. I just want to see him as a regular fixture in in the side, all the way through the season, because I, th- I think he's got to play football to to fulfil his potential. And um, you know he clearly had a great season on loan at Norwich, and, and the first two games for me, it's been outstanding. I thought he was great today. 
really, really strong performance. Yeah, he was. But do you not think they're a little bit too similar? The thing for me is I just think that when they're sat so deep and defensive, there's just this big gap between them and, and the front three. And last week, the front three all had decent games. But today, when they didn't, it's just that there didn't seem to be anybody to sort of take the ball forward. And again, when we had possession, a lot of the time we were just passing it amongst the back and Skip was being quite negative, I thought. I agree with you. I agree with you. But I think that's what we're looking to address in the transfer windows. Uh, the, the, the thing I find somewhat frustrating is that we've clearly decided that when our fullbacks need cover, it's going to be Hoiberg and Delhi that does it. So Skip quite often is the only one within about 30 yards of like of the centre-backs. Um, so we look really open in the middle of the pitch. So yes, we allow yeah. teams to attack down the down the wings and then we almost want them to do that. Like It's almost designed. But if teams were smart enough and could go down the wings initially and then overload in the middle, we would be in massive issues because it's only really Skip that's there. So we talk about the defensiveness of, of Skip and Hoiberg. Like I think a big part of that is how we're being asked to play. The, the mm. pair of them, I mean, especially Skip, but the pair of them, they aren't really comfortable going forward. It's not like Delhi on the other side, who obviously almost is, is more comfortable going forward than going back. But uh, the, 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 the kind of 4-3-3, a very narrow 4-3-3 we're playing, I don't think it suits actually too many of those players. I think it suits Skip. I think Hoiberg is comfortable but Delhi, you don't know if he's really going to be defensively aware, although today he really was. But with, mm. with Lucas, especially today, um, when he wasn't on the wing and he wasn't helping track back to to deal with the, the wing back of Wolves, we had some serious issues. And I, personally, I would rather see Tanganga and Lucas up against Marcel and Traore than Tanganga and Hoiberg or Skip, because I just think that Lucas's pace would have been useful, even if... Adama would have just thrown him around like he did with Skip at one point. Yeah. I, th- I think you just need something there. And had we been able to break down that side if they'd you know, made a mistake, then Lucas would have been you know, away and running into space as it was when he got it. The left-sided centre-half for, for Wolves always came across and, and snuffed him out pretty quickly. So there, there are issues, I think, with how we're setting up. Um, but it's tough when we know that we've got four or five players that want to leave or we want to shift you're hoping to get players in to replace them and and maybe build or get players in to do the things that, that Nuno wants to do because it does appear as if this 4-3-3, this relatively narrow 4-3-3 might be here to stay. But just on that, I mean, uh, Lo Celso is presumably the only player you'd slot into that with yeah. regard to instead of, you know, Skip or Hubia. Um, yeah. Would you be advocating that, um, either of you two? I think it's difficult when you've got Delhi in there because I don't think any of us think that that's his... Mm natural best position but the fact he's so athletic and covers so much ground yeah it's almost like you know Ericsson type distance that he covered today it looked like and he was getting forward getting back getting forward closing down a lot as well but it's I just don't think that's the best necessarily the best use of his of his attributes so it's, it's just difficult we need I still think we need another midfielder yeah absolutely skill sets like if the Celso was to come in then he would take Delhi's place. I mean, that's where he plays yeah. for Argentina. He plays on the left side yeah. of a three. So you'd think that's the logical position for him. Now, could you move Delhi to the other side and just have Skip or Hoiberg in the middle? Maybe, depending on the opponent. Would that push Delhi further forward um, to be one of the front three? Possibly, again, depending. Like, I would imagine that's more likely if if we're at home against a team that's trying to you know, get a draw from us because you, you want Delhi's movement in front of the goal. 
I, I don't know where you know Brian comes into things because obviously he's going to play as one of those um, attacking midfielders on either side. Mm. It, 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 it'll be interesting to see exactly what Nuno wants to do because I do feel like maybe there's a chance that we don't really know what he intends to do long term. He wants to get the players who can do it, but until he shifts players like Sissoko and Aurier and, and maybe Dombele, we, we may not have the money to be able to get those players in. So it's yeah, it, it's really difficult to look at us right now and think that this is where we're headed. But I think this four three three seems to suit the players that we currently have available. And uh, hopefully, you know, if we are to buy new ones, that those players will fit that system too, because um, they they shouldn't need as much training. I mean, it, it, we talk about um, you know when Pochettino joined us and he bought Wanyama from Southampton, and because we you know Wanyama knew exactly how Pochettino wanted to play the game, so he could hit the ground running. Mm. It would make sense for Nuno to do that from Wolves, but he played a completely different system there. So it, it's mm. going to be really interesting to see, are, are we buying because of Paratici's contacts or are we basing you know, basing our purchases on the type of football that Nuno wants to play and getting footballers in who we, we know or we think can, can do that without having to be trained? Yeah, it's going to be a big week because we either need... Ndombele to, to basically sort himself out. Nuno's comments this week about how he needs to do it himself really aren't particularly encouraging. Uh, or we need to find somebody that's willing to take him off our hands for a decent amount of money, pay his wages, which is unlikely. Um, and we need this done in the next week and then get somebody else in. I just, I don't know. I'm not particularly confident that's going to happen at the moment. If, if you look at Ndombele and, and you see the 4-3-3 and you think, well, where does he play? And he would also play on that left side of the three. Like Lo Celso, mm. Deli, and him are all probably best suited for that. That's not to say that I think Dombele is particularly suited for it, but in that formation, that's probably the best place for him. I, I hope, my hope is that we somehow shift him to Leipzig and get Conrad Leimer in return. Um, <laughs> but because but I, I, don't, I don't think that will happen because I, I don't know which teams will really want to bring on Dombele. And as you said, Franco, the wages are such an issue that yeah. even if we do get rid of him for, for a season or two, we're going to be paying half his wages, almost certainly. Mm, that's it. There's, there's few te- you know, a few teams in the world that will pay those sort of wages, let alone that need someone like Ndombele. And he's a risk because they'll see what he's done at Spurs and think, well, maybe not. Um, moving on, let's talk about Tanganga. Uh, he's, the, he's the man of the moment. And he had a tough week last week against City. And then this week he had an even tougher challenge. I don't know, the, the commentary I was listening at was very pro-Wolves and they were just banging on about how amazing Traore was. It was a bit, a bit like listening to you, Caller, to be fair. Um, <laughs> That's so unfair. That is so unfair. <laughs> it's just the amount of times they said, oh, if only he had some end product. This is after he took a shot that went out mm. for a throw-in. Like, <laughs> yeah, slightly better end product is yeah. a slight understatement there. Yeah. Um, but I thought Tangang had a bit of a tough time, but he also did quite well sometimes, but it's, it's been difficult for him. Uh, I mean, what's your question, really? Did, did Tanganga play well? I thought he did as well as he could. I think um, anyone against Truri is going to struggle because I think whatever his issues are with his end product, in terms of beating a man, he's probably the best in the league at it and he's physically so imposing that he just mm. sort of bounces people off him. And look, I like him. I, I, would, I wouldn't say he would be the person I would go out and buy, but I think if he's available at a decent price, I would have no problem with seeing him in the Spurs ship because I think we've seen him produce a good end product enough to know that he can do it. It's just about consistency with him. And, and look, he, 
he was um, <clears throat> tearing us to pieces at, at times today. And there was a couple of good balls in the box. And you, you, you're thinking, well, if Kane's on the end of them, they're goals. So yeah. all yeah. of a sudden, his stats look better. Um, but in terms of Tanganga and how he held up, I was a bit worried when he got smashed on the head after about five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever it was, uh, but seemed to shake that off really well. He's just a solid right back is the way I'd describe him. Does nothing really special or well. He's just com- combative, isn't he? He's, he's He offers very little going forward, but defensively he's pretty pretty rock solid, isn't he? Well, and he absolutely smashed Sice as well. Uh, <laughs> he did, yeah. He did, he did. Well, he, he was, solid. He was in some serious pain from that one. But yeah, I thought he did all right. I think when he got a bit tight to Traore, Traore turned him in. Mm. But it's all a learning experience for him. We kind of forget that he's played very little first-team football. And he's, you know, <laughs> if you look at the teams he's played in, I reckon probably more than half of them are in the, in the top half because he's played against Liverpool, yeah. Man City twice, isn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is... The thing is with him, I think in that in that formation where you're not really relying on him to give you any width, it's fine. But if if you want someone getting up and down the flank, he's he's probably not the right guy for the job. But where you where you just want to be compact and solid, then he's mm-hmm. he's absolutely more than good enough. Yeah, he did actually put a really good ball across, but there was no one there. It's one of those ones where mm. they said, "Oh, it's a brilliant ball," and you're like, "Yeah, but nobody was within five meters." Mm. So there's putting it in a good. But maybe if Kane had been on the pitch, he would have been. That that's the issue, I suppose. I mm. don't know. Um, I had a few people texting me moaning, saying that it was very much like Jose football today. I think the point I made earlier about Skip and Hoybien maybe not having that being what's the right word they just weren't particularly positive in their passing they couldn't find the front three very well mm. and we ended up resorting to long balls and stuff like that over the top but um, you know so people were moaning saying this is just like watching Joe say and then uh, people moaning about the subs he made what did you think about them HG? Well the first one was Lucas who went off um, and Lo came on and I thought Lo helped shore things up a little bit like I said before mm. that I think Wolves' heads went down a little bit after Adama missed that <laughs> the chance of the game when Laurie saved yeah um, yeah. But when when Lacelso came in, like Lacelso didn't really stick to that side. There was one passage of play I remember where it was basically Skip Hoiberg and Lacelso just playing keepy with each other um, in, in almost in the left back position, um, and and Wolves were kind of allowing them to do it. And at that point, you thought, well, if we can get away with doing this, then uh, we, we've got somewhere <laughs> to go. So Lacelso for Lucas. I think it made a bit of sense because it did help us out in midfield and we were being dominated in midfield most of the day. Um, mm. After that, who else was it? I mean, the, the, I know Winks came on for the last minute. Yeah, you said you were surprised to see Kane come on. Uh, well, yeah, because I just, you know, like, was that really the issue? I mean, I, I do think the team played better with Kane on the pitch, I have to say that. Um, but mm. I, I just didn't think, I, I thought I thought Brian would come on. Um, I thought yeah. that we'd try and keep it with that 4-3-3 because when Sun... I think was a little bit hampered by what had happened before the game because he had that you know, what the, the the what do you call it the tape on the back of his leg. Um, yeah, he pulled up in the warm up, didn't he? Yeah, so I don't know if that that seemed to bother him a little bit. He wasn't really on the ball much. Lucas, as we said, was non-existent. So it was really only Bergvine that that seemed to have a anywhere near a good game. Um, so mm. yeah, if, if you want to bring on someone, then Kane. But I think Kane just. There were moments where, again, like he knows what he needs to do in certain situations, and you need that experience. So um, it's a shame that he missed the the, the chance that Bergwijn created because it would have been fantastic for Bergwijn to see it go in. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. if I mean, surprised? Yes and no. I, I don't think any of us really thought that Kane would ever wear a Spurs shirt again. So as it gets to what a week I and did. a half from the end of the end of the window. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I always thought that we had all the cards, but that doesn't mean I thought that it was ever going to happen that way, you know, because we, we've seen that happen <laughs> before. So, um, mm. yeah, like, I, I imagine, I do think Kane will, will play the whole 90 on Thursday, so maybe those minutes were good for him today. But, uh, yeah, I, I was a bit surprised that he came on. I, I thought we'd find other options. What about the uh, reaction he got from the crowd caller? That was quite interesting, wasn't it? Well, you know, what singing one of our own from the Spurs fans and yeah, the Wolves fans giving it a bit back, both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm not actually that surprised. He's a Spurs legend, whatever, however he's behaved, and um, yeah. with only three thousand away fans that that generally sing their heart out at every away match, um, it was always going to be positive. The test is really when he plays at home, um, when things aren't going quite so well. What happens then? Um, we sh- we shall see about that one. He's not. He's certainly not going to be playing in front of a full crowd on Thursday, so that's probably perfect um, from that perspective. If he does play the ninety, but yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not surprised that in an away game, that's the reception he got. I think it'll be more telling what happens at home. Yeah, I mean, it does show that Twitter is not necessarily the most accurate uh, <laughs> gauge of people's opinions, isn't it? Because there's people on there saying he's yeah, he's dead to me now. Yeah. Get out of our club, Kane. Gets a resounding. The sort. thing is, a lot of these idiots don't like really support the club, do they? Let's be honest. Not in that sense, no. I mean, we have got decent away support, and uh, they seem like they were well up for it today on the first away trip of the season. Mm. That was good to see. Mm. They're in good voice, and you could hear them coming coming through the uh, through my TV, stroke laptop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, look, if Sky don't put it on TV, what can you do? Um, right, moving on from that game into the joyous midweek occasion that is the Conference League. Oh. I'm quite glad. It's the first Spurs game I haven't watched in about four seasons, I think. Uh, and I was pretty glad because I turned my phone on every now and then. <laughs> and all I got was like Leon, Seb, everybody on our chat just moaning about how poor we were, how it was terrible. And I could just imagine exactly what the game was like. But um, Calder, were you surprised then that the squad, the first leg, that he could play the, you know, changed basically every single position, didn't he? And played loads of kids. I was really surprised, I suppose, that he didn't just put a couple of first-teamers in. I, I suppose that was the thing for me. I understand wanting to protect uh, the squad, but uh, or the, the, the strongest 11, that's what I would say. Mm. I understand mm. him wanting to protect the strongest 11, but you, you've got to have a little bit of um, quality in there. And, and there was, I mean, you could argue that, that players like the Celso and Winks, really experienced Premier League players, should be getting their job done. But, I mean, I'd just use it as a demonstration of how bad some of our fringe players actually are, like Winks and Suzoko, etc., and, and why they need to go. So let's hope if Nuno was uh, under no illusion about that, it, you know, he certainly isn't now. Um, mm. So, yeah, for, for me, a little bit surprised at the um, strength that we picked and put out in the first leg, but um, not surprised about the result, really. We've seen it all before. <laughs> and I do think the meltdown, like the, if you talk about Twitter, Christ, the meltdown is just bizarre because, um, you know, I, I would expect us to absolutely smash through them on Thursday and have no problem going through. And I think it's just all drama, drama, yeah. drama, drama. Yeah, it's just, it's never a good look, is it? It's- we've, we've disrespected them completely. That's, that's the thing. So, of course, they're going to be up for it at the home ground. Yeah. yeah, and the thing that pissed me off the most is Jack Clark didn't even fucking start, did he? <laughs> your man crush, or your boy crush, really. But yeah. He's going he's gonna to save this season, just you wait and see. Um, HG, do you think they're midweek that we'll be going full strength and just smash through them as quickly as possible? 
Not full strength, no. Some of the players who play today won't start, but I think that mm. you'll see seven or eight of the team that started today. Um, I think Sessignon might come in. Uh, the centre-backs probably won't change because <laughs> we don't have anyone else right now. It's Dyer and Sanchez and everyone else seems to be injured. Um, is, Romero, is Romero that injured, is he? I thought he was just a bit of a niggle. I, I don't know, but I think there'd be no point to really risk him for it because I mean, Dyer and Sanchez are playing well. Like If they weren't playing well, then you'd probably want to bring Romero back in. But uh, yeah. I could see Dyer and Sanchez starting. Um, Davis will play his Thursday night game as always. Right back may well be Tanganga again because I don't think. I mean, Doherty is obviously trusted by Nuno, but I don't think any of us want to see Doherty play right back ever. Um, and it, it, again, it depends because we, you know, we, we played three different systems on Thursday night, so we don't really know what we've got. To me, the issues we have is are really in attack because if Sun, you know, has a bit of a niggle, I don't think we should risk him, which means that Kane probably should start. I would be disappointed if we started Scarlett because I just don't think that. Like, Scarlett needs to have quality strikers with him. You know, it's not like Kane, who can mm. do things by himself. Um, Scarlett needs service. I, I expect Brian to play. So may, maybe it will be, you know... Uh, but yeah, everyone who everyone who played today will be involved. They'll be in the squad, and it's possible that, you know... Because we may need penalties to go through. I mean, it's that kind of game. So I, I'm, I'm just happy that... Uh, I'm happy that the away goals rule is gone, because that would really... That that could be really dangerous for us this week, because um, if Paco's got one, then we, we need to score three. But uh, yeah, I, it, it's weird because I, I do think Hoybig will play. I think Skip will play. I think this also. I mean, uh, it depends on the formation. We could go four four two, and have you know Brian on one side and Cessna on the other, and Kane and Delhi up top. I mean, we do have options, but we need to figure out. Um, a system that can that can deal with what Passos do because we saw they're no mugs. I mean, yep. the, the goal they scored was a pretty simple goal in the end, but you have to have the quality to see it, and they, and they took it really well. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to see at least seven or eight first teamers because I you know, I want us to have these extra games. I, I I want Brendan to have a reason to do a pod for the for the whole season. <laughs> well, and, and let's and let's face it, you want us to visit Austria. Yes, there, there is also that. I would love that. I, I don't know. It's just. I, I'm annoyed that we're in this position because I, I wanted us to to go there and win by three or four nil, if possible. Yeah. So we could, you know, play the kids this week and leave a few on the bench. That the fact that we didn't take any first teamers at all on mm. Thursday made it really difficult to make changes. We could only really bring on Clark with any experience. Is the fact that um, we we had an arguably harder game this weekend the reason why that might be the case though because. I'm not being funny. Wolves away on paper, and I'm not disrespecting Watford. I'm sure it'd be a tough game, but on paper, that's a that's a harder game than Watford at home, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the travelling as well, isn't it? I think we saw Poch do this a few times, where he'd, he'd that would be the game if we had to travel quite a distance. He'd leave a few players out. Mm. We'd end up not getting a decent result, and then we'd have to go full strength at home. And I just feel like it's exactly the same. The thing that worries me when I've looked at how many tickets we've sold for Thursday night, it looks like there's me and about 50 other people are going to be there. Okay, well, social distancing won't be a problem, will it? <laughs> I could have a whole block to myself by the looks <laughs> of it. I might do that. I'll just be, if you look in, there's one bloke at the top of the South Stand on his own. That's me. Quick, Daniel, <laughs> get the sponsor's hoardings back out over the over the front seat. <laughs> you know what? We, we could probably get the cheese room sponsored all around the stadium for about £25. <laughs> at this rate. Let's, let's do it. Let's look into that. That's a great idea. Diver, <laughs> get on the phone to Diver. <laughs> is it really that badly that the tickets they, they haven't sold at all 
I mean, they've not opened the top tier. Obviously, the, the east and the west is all corporate, but everything around that is pretty much still available apart from the front few rows. And then they've sold behind the goal, but the rest of the south stand is just unsold, oh basically. Gosh. I reckon conservative, they've sold about two, 3,000 tickets, it looks uh, like, at the moment. And if you see the price of the hospitality that I, I sent you that you can get it. I mean, I'm tempted to go down and just like lap up the hospitality for a few hours, to be honest. Yeah, so. I'd imagine quite a few people will do that. So there's probably like, there'll be people at either side of the pitch, but, you know, at the ends and getting the further up you go, I think it'll be very sparse. Maybe they should advertise it in the evening standard. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's not even called the evening standard anymore, is it? But oh, they, 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 they should advertise it there and say it's like Kane's final game for Spurs. <laughs> We're turning into Arsenal. That's the thing that I hate the most. We used to laugh at Arsenal having to, and West Ham having to advertise their tickets in bloody local papers, and now we're having to do it. It's, um, yeah, no, it's I, I, I don't want us to advertise. That was a joke. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but I bet you we will, actually. That's the thing that worries me. I bet that we're trying to flog tickets for it, and they're only 20 quid. I bet we'll end up with those school kids. They'll just be given free tickets. That would be the nice thing to do. Well, we should do that anyway. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's, it's still the school holidays over there, right? So the kids yeah, don't have to yeah. get up on Friday morning. So like, and, and if they live close, which I guess there's quite a number of kids who live close to Tottenham that might want to go for free, then do yeah. it. Why not? Why not give them away? Because it's, it's it's got to be a like you want you know permanent customers, right? So if if they go to see Spurs under the lights, which is always a good game, and we go and win five or six nil, um, they they could be Spurs fans for life. It, it's it's a no brainer, really. Yeah, but are we confident we're going to go through, um, caller? Oh yeah, no no question. Um, we'll go through at Canton, no problem at all. It it won't be an issue. It okay. frustratingly, frustratingly. Because I think a lot of people, like HG said, would have liked this done on the first leg. But I was really looking forward to seeing some of the kids uh, last Thursday perform and what they could do. People like Cessignon. Um <laughs> People like Jack Clark. But um, unfortunately, it was just turgid. <laughs> so we didn't learn anything from that game whatsoever. Yeah, disappointing. HG, what do you think? Yeah, I'm nervous. I, I made a vote <laughs> about it. I'm nervous. Because this is Spurs. Like we, we um, Austria Spurs got together at the weekend, and we had a little hours chat with Steve Perryman on Zoom, and yeah. he talked about how Spurs, like when 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 they're playing a really really good team, they surprise you, and because you know we're having just beat Man City, we were like, well, yeah, that's clearly true. But the problem is when we're playing a team we should beat, they surprise us, right? And mm-hmm. so I I don't I, I'm I'm nervous. I am absolutely nervous. I'm always a bit nervous in these knockout games because especially when Spurs are the favourites. We, we saw it in the FA Cup game against Norwich. We saw it with the season before, I think, the FA Cup game where we lost at home. I mean, I just, the, these things concern me. I, I'd like mm. to think that we'll, we'll put the team out and we'll do it. But even if we had, like, even if we played the best 11, like, Passos will, they won't, well, they won't attack us. So we'll have to try and break them down, which we've shown in the past that we can't really do. So I, I just, I want it over with and I want us to be in the draw, but I, I don't expect an easy game on Thursday. No way. Um, let me just quickly mention football prize this week. There's no specific Spurs prize, but there is a Paul Gascoigne framed photo and montage. And that's jointly with a Pele uh, Brazil montage. Oh, not Ginger photo. Pele. Oh. Not not Ginger Pele, unfortunately. No. That would... Tickets for that we were too would be too expensive, um, so, <laughs> so tickets are five ninety five. Uh, there's only sixty five tickets. So you've got a better chance of winning, and with the discount code ten cheese, you get a ten percent discount. That's one zero cheese. Competition ends on Tuesday the twenty fourth at seven thirty pm. So get involved. Footballprizes.co.uk. Now this week, Brendan is. 
where is he? He's at the Emerald Isle, isn't he? He's in Dublin at the moment, and he's not going to be back to do the Thursday night game uh, review. So, caller, you'll be doing your YouTube ideally on Thursday, are you? I think we. I'm sure we can work something around it, and absolutely, we'll cover it. All right, that, that was my effort to put Caller on the spot, and he's like a classic politician, and managed to sort of work his way around it. But anyway, so we'll have a pod out at some point, but it might just be a YouTube put onto the pod. Um, so, yeah, just get that, that'll have to do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there'll be absolutely nothing wrong with the quality of that product. That's what I'm saying about that, frankly. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, Caller, thanks for joining. It's nice to speak to you. It's always a pleasure, Franco. It's been almost too long. It has indeed. Uh, so look out for Caller. Uh, they're doing YouTube tomorrow night, Monday night at nine o'clock. Yep. YouTube's are Mondays at nine, Fridays at nine. Great show planned for tomorrow. We can lord another win. Can't wait. Top stuff. HG, thanks for joining as always, mate. Yeah, not a problem. Oh, and, oh, and Frank, I've got to stick this in there. Um, Go on then. So I love, I love doing a cover, as you know, <laughs> um, for the, the YouTube. And this, this season, we've managed to shoehorn in Messi because there was a Tottenham Hotspur Messi transfer rumour. Yeah, There's a Cristiano Ronaldo one. All my Christmases have come at once. I get to put Messi and Ronaldo on our cover. Like, literally, I'm so excited about it. That's also literally the closest they're going to get to having anything to do with Spurs. It is. But look, <laughs> don't let the facts stand in the way of a good story. <laughs> never would never would alright until next time she says thanks for listening and come on you Spurs come on you Spurs come on you Spurs Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.